Yes, we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toladano. John Wall doesn't need no introduction. It's an insider's look at the NBA and culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick of the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Kalshi. Maybe you thought uh, on the future of TikTok. Will Congress ban it? Or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album win album of the year? Will Biden's approval rating go up? Will it go down? Or inflation? You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. You're smart. You know things. Bet on it. $20 bonus if you go to Kalshi.com slash stereo. Spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. Kalshi.com slash stereo. Get in the game. There is no guarantee of performance. An investor could lose their entire investment. Investment fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at Kalshi.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, brand new I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast is coming up next. We're talking NFL. The Super Bowl is set. The Los Angeles Rams, who just two years ago were the St. Louis Rams, are playing the New England Patriots. Who am I rooting for? I don't even know yet. I'm not sure, but I am hyped for the game. I watched some cool shit on Netflix. I'm talking about that. The Fire Festival documentary. And Blue Planet Season 2 plus the MAGA hat Native American incident that happened in Washington, D.C. We're breaking it down blow for blow, shot for shot, video for video, and so much more on a brand new Smash Mouth. I am Rappaport Stereo Podcast, Miles Jordan. Please let me get something real nice, something real proper, but most importantly, some real funky. Today's episode of the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast is brought to you by Away Luggage. First class luggage at a coach price. I do. I do. I love Away Luggage. This company was founded by two friends from New York who found themselves at JFK Airport with dead phones, delayed flights, and a bright idea. Luggage with power. Never have a dead phone or tablet while traveling again. I love my away luggage. I take it everywhere I go. Carry on for short trips and the large bag for my longer stays. Choose from a variety of colors and four sizes. The carry-on, the bigger carry-on, the medium, or the large. There's also a TSA-approved combination lock built into the top of the bag to prevent theft. And there's a removable, washable laundry bag inside that keeps dirty clothes separate from the clean. Both sizes of the carry-on are able to charge all cell phones, tablets, e-readers, and anything else that is powered by a USB cord. Do you understand? Do you understand? So if your phone or your computer runs out of juice, you can charge it with your away bag. I use it all the time. A single charge of the Away carry-on will charge your iPhone five times. Also, gives you a lifetime warranty. If anything breaks, they will fix it 
or replace it for you. Lifetime guaranteed. You want to try it? Try it. A hundred day trial. Live with it. Vibe with it. Travel with it. Instagram it. If at any point you decide you do not want it, return it in full. No questions asked. Free shipping on any away order within the lower 48 states. Carry-on sizes that are a complement with all major U.S. airlines while maximizing the amount you can pack for $20 off a suitcase. Visit awaytravel.com. That's awaytravel.com and use the promo code CHAMP during checkout. That's awaytravel.com. Use the promo code CHAMP during checkout. Get away for the best luggage today. First class luggage at a coach price. All right, this is the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. My name is Michael Rappaport, a.k.a. the Gringo Mandingo, a.k.a. the Segway King, a.k.a. the Jake LaMotta of podcasting, a.k.a. the White Arsenio Hall. And we're back. We are back from a long weekend it was, of course, Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday. So we had a three-day weekend. Much-needed three-day weekend, I guess, in terms of uh, the craziness. The never-ending craziness in the world we live in today. Um, we had an emergency I Am Rappaport Stereo podcast drop. If you do not have the I Am Rappaport app, you need to get it because we drop when, where, from, wherever we choose. We did a Walking with Wheezy NFL Conference Finals Emergency Podcast, um, and, and I'm, still, I'm still hyped about these games. Uh, I'm still very hyped about the, the Super Bowl uh, that is coming. I can't wait. I have no real vested personal interest in the game, but I think it's going to be a great game. It is the Los Angeles Rams versus the New England Patriots. And listen, the reality is, is I have been living back and forth in Los Angeles since 1989. I came out to Los Angeles in June of 1989, I was 19 years old. I still have my apartment in New York. I have lived in both places, both places. But since my kids have been born, I have spent, I have to say, 60, yeah, 60 to 40% of my time since uh, my kids were born in Los Angeles. That being said, I do not, will not, and ever imagine myself to consider myself a, a, a Los Angelino. I love LA. It's dope. It's cool. It's a good city. I've been here for a long time. A lot of friends here, a lot of roots here. My kids are here. As I said, my dog Wheezy was here, although he was found in the uh, dog pound of uh, New Orleans, hence the name Wheezy. But let's not forget the Los Angeles Rams were just a few years ago, the St. Louis Rams, okay? And they went from St. Louis to Los Angeles. I believe this is their third season in L.A. Yeah, it's their third season in Los Angeles. I love Jared Goff. I love Todd Gurley. I love Aaron Donald. I love Brandon Cooks. I love Sean McFay, all that stuff. But I have no emotional ties to this fucking team. Okay, um, It is well documented how I feel about the New England Patriots. But I made a pledge to try to appreciate their greatness while they were here. Because when they're fucking gone, we're all going to lose. We're all going to miss the greatness of the New England Patriots. It's been so fun. For I believe, has it been 19 years or 17 years to root against these cocksuckers? It's been so fun to watch them uh, lose Super Bowls, to win Super Bowls, as much pain as it's given me. It was nothing, 
Now, basketball is my first sport there, but but it'll be hard to uh, uh, maybe the Knicks winning an NBA championship during my lifetime. Um, but even then, the, the dramatic fashion that the New York Giants beat the shit out of the New England Patriots, it'll be hard to ever get that satisfaction from a sporting event again. Because I wanted it. Giants fans wanted it so bad to beat that 18-0 Patriots team. And we did it. Julian Edelman, I know you're listening. Okay? We did it. Now, we might say, oh, that was fucking long time ago. Not in my mind. In my mind, it was, it was last night. Speaking of last night, I literally had a, such a vivid you know when you have certain dreams that are so vivid? I had a dream that Biggie Smalls was alive and I, and I met him and it bugged me out. I'll get to that later if I remember. But that being said, my, my frustration, hatred, and, and, and appreciation of my frustration and hatred of the New England Patriots is very well documented. If you do not have my book, this book has balls, sports rants from the MVP of Talking Trash, you need to get it. It's, it's available on paperback. It's available on audiobook, on all book platforms, Amazon, bookstores, the whole deal. It's legitimate. It's not some bootleg book. But it, I, I, I write down passionately my feelings about Bill Belichick. Cheat, chick, what's his name? Bill Belichick, chick, check, chick. Bill Belichick, oh, check, sorry. That being said, I'm going to be totally transparent here. I was rooting for the New England Patriots. I wanted the New England Patriots versus the New Orleans Saints, and then I would assess the situation. Of course, I would have to go with the New Orleans Saints because Sean Payton's my guy, and I just can't philosophically and publicly endorse the Patriots, even though at this point, Julian Edelman should just be called Rabbi Julian Edelman. He's the greatest living Jew we have. I know he's half Jewish or he's converted Jew. I don't give a fuck what the mathematical scheme is with Julian Edelman's Judaism. He's our guy. He represents the Jews. Right now, he's the greatest living Jew we have. This little motherfucker is about 5'10". Okay? If you saw Julian Edelman in real life, he looks like I'm telling you, you would walk past him. You wouldn't pay any fucking attention to this little Rabbi Julian Edelman. This fucking guy is out there running across the middle of a football field knowing he's going to get the shit knocked out of him. And nine out of ten times he catches the fucking ball. That's King Jew shit. And he does it year after year after year after fucking year. Remember they suspended him earlier this season? Remember two seasons ago he tore his ACL or his MCL or his AC? I don't know what the fuck it is. Rabbi Julian Edelman is the greatest living Jew we have right now. I, I, I mean, it could change next month. Somebody could emerge. But forget entertainment. Larry David's not even in the same fucking ballpark as fucking Rabbi Julian Edelman. And I know a lot of my fans, I know a lot of people listening to this right now are going to go, whoa, 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 what are you saying, Rappaport? Dingo, what are you saying? Are you saying you're rooting for the New England Patriots to beat the Los Angeles Rams, the city that you live in, the city that you have a driver's license in? And I'm going to say this. I am on the fence about it. But come Sunday... Super Bowl Sunday, which is in two weeks. Don't forget, it's not this week. They give these guys two weeks to prepare, as they should. I, I, I think I'm rooting for the Patriots. Now, now, if they lose, I'll, I'll snicker about it. I, I'm not saying I won't be uh, happy that they lose. But the Los Angeles Rams, just two and a half years ago, were the fucking St. Louis Rams. This isn't a Los Angeles football team. Eric Dickerson with the jerry curls and the neck brace. This is a, this is a, they just moved here. I have no emotional ties to these guys. Yes, yes, yes. I love Jared Goff. I'm rooting for this fucking guy. 
okay? He's an underdog. People were shitting on Jared Goff after his first foray in the NFL. He played about four games. He didn't look good. He's bounced back. I like it. Met him. Cool as shit. Nice. Underdog. He's got. A, he's an underdog. He's another guy. He doesn't run. He's like a Brady-ish. Ish, ish, ish. Say ish. Like Jewish, ish. Blackish, ish. He's Brady-ish. He's a pocket passer. He can't run. He looks kind of like, eh, what's going on, Jared? Eh, hello? Look at me. You know, there's not really emotion in his face. Ah, listen. All I'm saying is this. I am very excited about the Super Bowl. And as of right now, if I'm being totally honest with the I Am Rapport Stereo podcast fans, and, and I think of the I Am Rapport Stereo podcast fans as, as friends. I think uh, of you guys as family. I, I say things on here that I would never say uh, uh, anywhere else, even though it could be you know popped out there. But I don't get snitched on by I Am Rapport Stereo podcast fans. I could say things on here. People aren't like, yo, Mike Rapp said this, trying to take me out of context. Because you guys are the fans. All of you fucking guys. The Rapper Pack. New fans. Old fans. Day one fans. Day day 66 fans. Year two fans. It doesn't fucking matter. You're the fucking fans. So I feel comfortable. Listen. Can't fuck the fans. Cannot fuck the fans. Now I said it once. I'll say it again. If the fans want to get together and fuck each other. That's on your own terms. I got to be honest. I don't even want to know about it. But if I'm being totally transparent. Right now, today, today, okay, a week, uh, over almost two weeks out before the Super Bowl, I am rooting for the New England Patriots to win the fucking Super Bowl. There, I fucking said it. It could change. Don't hold me to it, you fucks, you. Do not fucking hold me to it. But I, I, I am a man without a team. I have no vested interest in this. I have a vested interest in rap reports of light, a.k.a. a history of violence, a.k.a. there will be blood. My fantasy football team, I have... I, 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 these guys are like family members to me. Greg Zerline of the Los Angeles Rams, the kicker. This guy, uh, if he was ever stuck on the side of the road um, and, and, and it was raining and pouring and, and I was in a rush to go somewhere, I would stop and, and help him. Okay? Brandon Cooks, same thing. Okay? Uh, uh, guys on the Saints, same thing. There, there's different players. CJ Anderson, who's now part of the Los Angeles Rams. I had him last season. He won me a game. This is family to me. Okay? Uh, so, so I'm looking at it from a fantasy football guy. My New York Giants, they're not involved. If it was the New York Giants versus the Patriots, you'd hear a different person on this, on this podcast. If it was the New York Giants, one last hurrah versus the New, New England Patriots, and we probably like could say they're probably never going to meet in the Super Bowl with these core groups, you'd hear a different person. You'd hear a guy who's ramped up, uh, um, and there's no fantasy. This is all reality. But that's what you're dealing with today. Now, I believe I mentioned this, and and, and, and I'm really offended by it. I think it's really stupid. Um, Gladys Knight, the great Gladys Knight, she needs no introduction. Gladys Knight will be singing the national anthem at the Super Bowl. Travis Scott spoken on him. I don't know anything about sicko mode uh, uh, or any of that stuff. The, couldn't tell you one of his songs. I know that he uh, he knocked up uh, Kendall Jenner, got her pregnant, skeeted all up in it. Um, and he's a big, 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 big star. I know that. I know that. I don't know any of his music. I could. I, I, I recognize him, but he means nothing to me. Big Boy from Outkast, one of the most influential groups ever. Him and Andre 3000 is also performing. Jermaine Dupri is one of the producing, uh, uh, the musical producers of the half uh, Super Bowl at halftime. And people are still talking shit about, it's like they're picking and choosing who's the Uncle Tom, who's the kiss ass, and, and who should be performing at the Super Bowl and who shouldn't. People are still going at... Travis Scott, because he's performing at the Super Bowl, saying some way he's betraying Colin Kaepernick. But no one's saying that about Gladys Knight. No one's saying that uh, anymore about Big Boy from Outcast. And 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 no one's saying it about the players. Why? Why? If, if you're going to say Travis Scott is a sellout, why don't you say that to all the players? 
Why aren't they sellouts? Why, why don't you say that Colin Kaepernick isn't selling out himself because he's collecting money from Nike and Nike makes the NFL jerseys? It's like, listen, man, these are all grown-up people. Everybody's allowed to make their fucking decisions. I said it once, I said it again. You can support Colin Kaepernick and what he went through with the NFL and still play in the game, still perform. What about the uh, the ushers? What about the parking attendants? What about the guy selling the popcorn and peanuts at the at the, at the Super Bowl? Black, white, everything. Do they not support Trap um Colin Kaepernick? And why should they? They should not work. To support Colin Kaepernick, I, I, this ain't that serious if you ask me. I'm watching the game. I'm hyped up about the game. And these people that are saying that Travis Scott is a sellout for, are you going to watch the game? Yes. Don't front. You're watching the game. Don't front. You know I got you open. I'm expecting the great Gladys Knight to destroy, to kill, to bring a soulful rendition to the national anthem. I could give a fuck about Travis Scott. I can't wait to see Big Boy out there because it's one of those you never thought that hip-hop would take it this far moments. You never thought that Big Boy from Outkast would be performing at the Super Bowl. And good, I'm happy for him. Fucking happy for him. Happy for fucking Travis Scott. I'm happy for all the people that are going to get paid working at the Super Bowl. Black, white, Puerto Rican, and Haitian. All of it. Shout out to the great Fife Dog. Now I mentioned... Last night I had a dream. You know, who, dreams sometimes, they, they feel like they're, they're longer than they are in real life. I had a dream that I was in a, a recording studio with Biggie Smalls. And at one point, he started talking to me about doing a documentary about him. And I was like, yo, if, if we do a documentary... You know, we got to make it real. We got to tell your full story. Like, we got to go into everything. We got to go into not just how these songs were made, like what was going on. And then he would, like, write things down on paper and fold them up really small, like origami small, and then hand them to me. But but then I woke up. That was the gist of the dream. But when I woke up, I was like, I felt like I had something profound had happened. And, and, and you know, I fuck with Biggie. I'm a, I'm a Biggie fan, but, you know, I wasn't like, you know, like, I was more like a Tupac fan in terms of, like, I love Biggie and Biggie's songs, but Tupac uh, was the one who emotionally uh, got to me. Um, that being said, uh, it was just a dream, but it was just one of those really profound, felt very real uh, type of dreams. Um, and he had on, like, the bubble goose. It was, like, wintertime. He had on the bubble goose. He was a lot bigger than I thought. Not fat, just taller. I never got to meet Biggie Smalls, but I'll tell you one thing. The first time I met Puff Daddy, I don't remember what year this was. It's probably like 99, 2000, 2001. The first time I like I was chilling with him. He said to me, "Yo, you were Biggie Smalls' favorite actor." And I was like, "Oh shit." He goes, "Yo, he fucking loved you. You were his favorite actor." Now, I don't know if that was some sort of I'm using this term uh, uh facetiously, some sort of pickup line, but I was like, you had me at hello, Puffy. Not literally. Not, 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 I'm just saying. Like I was like, what a compliment to say that to somebody. Um, who knows if it was true or not, but it was definitely something I always remember. And that was my Biggie Smalls dream uh, 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 late uh, or early. I don't know when it was. Early uh, last night. One final thing about the football and the games and all the calls and non-calls and all that stuff. Because I covered all that on the... Emergency I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast that I mentioned earlier in this podcast. Again, if you don't have the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast app, you got to start asking yourself why. $2.99 a month, $2.99 fucking cents a month keeps you in the loop with all things emergency not emergency, urgency, semi-urgency podcasts that go down on the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. But one thing that I think the referees need to have going forward in the NFL, give them cell phones. Because we at home with our cell phones and our computers, we can tell the referees, yo, this happened, that happened. 
all this, yo, they got to check with Jersey or they got to check with the commissioner's office in New York and all, blah, blah. Fuck all that. Let them carry their fucking cell phones out there. Check Twitter, check Instagram during the game. The whole thing will take 60 seconds when there's a controversial call, especially in these big games, in these playoff games and the Super Bowl. Anytime there's a controversial call, it should be checked in this day and age. We're all on our phones anyway. Let the fucking refs be on their phones. This, oh, they got to do this, and oh, well, they can't review pass interference, and they can't review a non-call, and who cares? Just get it right, and then there's no complaining. The reality of it is, the reality of it is, is the fucking New Orleans Saints should have gotten a pass interference call against the Los Angeles Rams. They didn't. Everybody saw it. Everybody knew it except for the referees. It's part of sports. It happens all the time. But if it doesn't need to happen with the technology, especially the technology that we have today, why do we let it happen? It's not 20 years ago. It's not the 60s. It's not the 70s. It's not the fucking 90s. If it doesn't need to happen, let's stop it right away. That's my opinion on that and those crazy calls. Like Super Bowls, U.S. Open Finals, World Series and all that, everything should be checked. Every single thing should be checked, and it won't have to take five minutes. Let these assholes, the fucking referees, carry their phones in their pockets. They want to know what's going on on Twitter. Maybe during a timeout, they go on Tinder. Who the fuck knows? Let them breathe. Let them live. I am Rappaport Podcast. So I watched um, another episode of Blue Planet. On Netflix, the show Blue Planet. It's called Blue Planet 2 because I believe it's season two. And I've watched two episodes so far. And I talked about episode one. I I, I can't recommend this show uh, uh, more. I I, I can't be more hyped and, and highly recommend this show. Listen, we talk shit here. We talk about sports. We talk about this. We talk about films. We talk shit. That's what we're here to do. The I Am Rapport Serial Podcast is a celebration of fantastic shit-talking. But if you want to watch something that'll give you a different perspective, that's really some Finding Nemo shit come to life, I can't recommend it any harder, any stronger. Blue Planet on Netflix. It's on Netflix. It's, it's just mind-boggling. The things that are living in the ocean amongst us. Of course, what do you mean? What do you mean, asshole? It's not amongst us, it's the ocean. I'm just saying, in on this planet, in the in this universe, in episode two, they they show, amongst other things, a fish that that has a see-through head. Duke's head is see-through. You could see his brains, his whole skull, all that shit. Like, imagine it's a person, but you could, like, there's no. There's no hair, like his shit is see-through. And I'm and I know you're probably like, what are you talking about? I, I'm telling you, I'm not, I'm not, I'm watching this shit before I go to bed. I'm not high. I'm not drinking. I'm watching this shit with my wife. We pause it because we're like, yo, what the fuck is going on here? But it's just really relaxing and it's just mind-boggling. And I'm only two episodes in, and it's it's not a show, it's like a documentary. And, and uh, I don't know if some of it goes like outside of the, the, the ocean, but the first two episodes have been in the ocean, and I'm just like, what the fuck is going on here? The other thing that I, I watched over the weekend was this uh, Fire Festival documentary. Now, this Fire Festival documentary, and it's spelled F-Y-R-E because that's the kind of asshole that put this thing together. So this was a big social media thing about, I think it was 2017. Yeah, it was like, it was like a spring of 2017. It was this festival. It was supposed to be like a Coachella, uh, like a Burning Man type of film uh, festival, like a music festival, like a, like a lifestyle festival. And everybody was going to go down to an island in the Bahamas that was first sold as one of Pablo Escobar's um, islands that he bought. I don't understand how that's a selling point. Pablo Escobar is a fucking drug dealing scumbag killer. Like, I, I don't know why people think this guy's dope or like he's some sort of like heroic figure. He's a piece of shit. 
Um, but, he, you know, they were saying that, oh, it's one of these islands that he once owned, and we're going to go down there, and there's going to be beautiful women, it's going to be a great party, and there's going to be great music, and this guy who, you don't know his name, you don't know this fucking asshole, his name I think is Billy Woodard, he's just some young, uh, you know, wannabe entrepreneur fucking asshole that obviously watched Wolf of Wall Street, uh, The Social Network, and listened to way too much Jay-Z in his fucking life, because he's was, you know, fronting it off, he was money scamming, and Borrowing from Peter to save Paul, to save Betty, to save Davis, and he and he and he got Ja Rule, the rapper involved, and Ja Rule was sort of like the the face of the festival, and they went down there and they you know had all these models shoot this commercial, and it's going to be this great this great festival, and you know this act is going to perform and that act's going to perform, and and it's kind of I was like I was like why would anyone go all the way the fucking to the Bahamas? to watch Blink-182 and Ja Rule perform, first of all. That's number one. No disrespect to Blink-182 and Ja Rule, but I wouldn't fucking, I wouldn't get on a bus to watch these guys perform. It it ain't the 90s. No, nobody wants to see fucking Ja Rule do money ain't a thing. No, murder. Listen, 50 Cent already ruined you. I I, I have no problem with Ja Rule. I, I, I like him. You know, I don't like that 50 Cent fucked up his career, but I wouldn't get on a plane to see Ja Rule, like the, 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 the selling points were Ja Rule, Blink-182, and, and I think one of the other headliners was like Major Laser. Again, listen, no disrespect to any of these fucking artists, but I wouldn't go on a bus and a plane and all this shit to see any of these fucking bums perform. No disrespect. I don't mean to call them bums. Sincerely. Blink-182, they're not bums. Uh, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're not bums. I, I, you know what I'm saying. But... That's just my taste. That's just my fucking taste. I, I don't like film, uh, music festivals anyway. So I certainly wouldn't go down to the Bahamas uh, for, 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 to be what they were saying, the party of the century. And you were supposed to get all these things pri- uh, promised and you were going to have villas and, you know, it was going to be a cashless thing. And if you bought, you know, $3,000 worth of this, you get that. And if you bought $3,500, you get that. Nonetheless... This thing was a fucking disaster. Um, it was a disaster from the beginning. And when it finally, finally came to do the festival, people, and if you look at all the people that uh, uh, from, from the uh, documentary, and it's called Fire Festival, and there's two of them. I watched the one on Netflix. There's another one on Hulu. I can't wait to watch it. And it's, it's great. It just goes to show what social networking and trying to be a part of something special and this community and all that. It's just bunch. You can't pay for community. You can't pay to be a part of something hip. You can't pay to be cool. All the assholes that went down there and flew down there, they're all nerd dumb fucks. They got taken. Because they're all people that wanted to pay to be a part of a cool festival. And pay to be a part of something special. The lesson should be learned is you can't pay. To be special. The Fonz didn't pay to be cool. Vinny Barbarino didn't spend any money to be cool. He just was cool. Jay-Z has been cool since he first came out. Obviously, now he's even cooler. But like, either you got it or you don't got it. Um, and it's just a really interesting documentary. Um you know, people went down there. There, there was, there was, you know, there was nowhere to sleep. There was no food. There was no water. People were freaking out. Lawsuits afterwards. The guy who put it all together, this guy Billy McFarlane, again, he was hopped up on too many viewings of Wolf of Wall Street and the Social Network. You know, and all this fake branding and branding and building businesses and we're going to change the world and influencers. Fuck all that shit. You call yourself an influencer? Who does that? Who's got the fucking gall to call themselves? Even the influencers. Like, you think Hove is going around saying, I'm an influencer? He's beyond a fucking influencer. I'm an influencer. People, listen, anybody that has that on their social media thing, I'm an influencer, stay away. They're trying to fucking scheme and scam you. Um, It's a very fun, very interesting 
um, documentary called, again, Fire Festival. Um, and and you'll watch it and you'll just be like, what a fucking shit show. And and it's just, it, it's not just about the documentary. It's really just about like people sort of selling cool, trying to sell cool, trying to sell hip, trying to sell, to sell fresh, trying to sell dope. And you can't. You can't sell it. You can't market dopeness. I don't care what 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 you try to do. You either got it or you don't. You could put, yo, cool motherfucker, is cool no matter what they're wearing. Cool motherfucker is cool no matter what they're driving. It ain't got nothing to do with any of that. Done nothing to do with your sneakers, the socks you wear, the jewelry that you got. You're either cool. You're either a dope, cool motherfucker. And when I say cool, I just mean like cool, or not. You can't brand it. You can't market it. Speaking of cool, um, segue, um, Bill Cosby's in jail. What the fuck is Bill Cosby doing right now? As you listen to this I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast, what the fuck is Bill Cosby doing? Like, we've, we've, we've sort of like, that's been like skirted like uh, away. We forgot about Bill Cosby being in prison. That motherfucker is in jail not federal prison. He's in straight up jail. Like that dawned on me earlier today. I was like, yo, Bill Cosby's locked the fuck down. Cause I was thinking about R. Kelly and how eventually that motherfucking scumbag, he's gonna be locked the fuck down. But right now, Bill Cosby is truly on lock dizzle. Like, what is he going what is he doing in there? And and, and I think Bill Cosby's such a savage and he's so strong that he's gonna make it out of prison. Like, like he's such a sociopath. Like He'll do his time and somehow get out of prison. I don't know if he'll go back to prison. Uh, I don't know about all his cases. But Bill Cosby, the former biggest star in the entire planet, is on lock dizzle, right? Nizzle. The the, the young shooter uh, had just recently watched the, the R. Kelly documentary. He, he He's a couple of weeks late. And, and, and we were talking about that. And, and, and we were just going like, imagine... Imagine if somebody made a documentary about about you called Surviving uh, Whoever You Are, whoever's listening to this. Like I was thinking to myself, imagine if a documentary, a six-part, six-hour, six-plus-hour documentary came out about myself called Surviving Michael Rappaport. How fucked up that would be. Like how much of a piece of shit you have to be and what kind of a piece of shit you must feel like when you see six hours of people just saying, you're this, you're that, you're a child molester, you're a child rapist, you're a piece of shit. And somehow, some way, even with that documentary out, R. Kelly right now is, is living free amongst us with young girls still listening to him, still abiding by him. He's going to wind up in prison getting that good, old-fashioned, beautiful Wonder Bread bag and olive oil treatment consecutively. Like I said, my prediction is that he's going to get fucked to death in jail. But right now, he's just out and about like he could do whatever he wants. And, and, And you just know something just ain't right to quote the great Keith Sweat with R. Kelly. He's a nasty motherfucker. So the other thing that was going on this weekend um, that I spoke out on um, was this situation that made international headline front page news with these kids from Covington Catholic High School in Kentucky who were obviously on a field trip in Washington, D.C., um, last week, I think it was Thursday or Friday, there were all sorts of protests going on. Uh, there was a, a women's right uh, march. There was a, a fucking uh, uh, the, the march, uh, you know, pro-life. There was pro-choice. All sorts. There's all sorts of shit going on all the time in D.C. Everybody knows the story. Everybody heard about this. But this videotape surfaced of a bunch of teenagers. And, and we're not talking about 19, 20-year-old teenagers. We're talking about high school students. They look like they're 15, 16, 17 years old. They're, they're, they're field trip kids. Um, and the uh, Native American dude, uh, an uh, older guy, uh, was was standing there beating his drum. And what appeared uh, from the first part of the video was that this one kid who looked like a real dickhead uh, was standing in his face. Um, and I'm going to get to that. 
um, what what was totally true and totally real, which you could see in any any version of the videotape, because there's multiple angles of this videotape, this incident. His his friends are doing like the karate chop, you know, like the Indian chop. Uh, they're chanting, they're screaming. There's a lot of hysteria, um, and 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 uh, you know, it, it basically looked like they were taunting these uh, Native American uh, protesters there. And, you know, I spoke out on social media. I called them a Catholic school cocksucker, amongst other things. That just sort of rolled off the tongue very eloquently. Catholic school cocksucker, because it turned out they're from a Catholic school. They're all, a lot of them are wearing MAGA hats, Make America Great hats. And, and, and you know, it's only been two and a half years since people started rocking those hats. But let's let's go to any good incidents of people wearing those hats. Those hats um, represent, and they represent Donald Trump. And 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 I'm not going to go down a whole thing about Donald Trump, but but the real thing about those hats that sets people off is that Donald Trump and Make America Great represents victory. It represents ass kicking. It represents we're right, you're wrong. Okay, well, no matter what side you're on, Republican, Democrat, that what 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 those hats represent is that. I don't think they're the new KKK masks, but they represent they're an antagonistic gesture. Those hats are antagonistic. When Donald Trump says "Make America Great," we're winning. The Democrats are losing. The fake news, the fake media, this is all antagonistic and it's coming from the president. So these hats represent that. Now, personally, I don't think 15, 16, 17-year-old boys should know or more importantly care about what the fuck is going on in politics. When I was 15, I knew nothing about politics. And that's the beauty of being 15. You're not paying taxes. You're not voting. Okay? You're young, dumb, and full of cum. And you should, you should act like that. You shouldn't be in D.C. on a field trip with Make America Great hats. That's number one. You shouldn't give a fuck. You should be down there trying to figure out ways to, to make out with girls, hang out with your homeboys, talk shit, fuck around, sneak candy, go on Instagram behind your teacher's back, and do all the shit that fucking teenagers do. You should be thinking about uh, ways to bird dog chicks. You shouldn't think it's dope to show up to a rally on a field trip with Make America Great hats on. That, that, that to me is just so far out that teenagers would do that. Now these little dumb fucks, they're down there all hyped up and apparently the black Israelites who are fucking scumbags. yes. I've seen these motherfuckers in New York my whole life. They'll say, they'll fucking, yo, I've heard them say to people, I'll rape you, I'll beat your ass, bitch, I'll pillage you, I'll pillage your wife. Like when people walk by them, just anybody. I had that said to me by these motherfuckers on West A Street and 6th Avenue when I was with my ex-wife. Your wife will get raped. They're not saying it directly to me, they're saying it to anybody. Like they're fucking savages. They, 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 they're not about anything. I don't know how they're allowed to go on the street, make those kinds of threats, and not get arrested immediately because it's completely inciting. But I guess these kids had been, you know, screamed at by those motherfuckers and these little pieces of shit. They continued going with their stupid fucking hats on. But the one kid that that stirred up all the controversy, who's appears to be in the face of this elderly Native American dude. I have to say, after seeing the entire video, Shorty Shitstain didn't approach the elderly dude. The elderly dude didn't approach him. They just kind of were there. And a lot of people were saying, well, if I was there, I would have done this. If I was there, I would have done that. And, and, and I started thinking, well, there were a lot of people there. It appears that there's hundreds of people there. And the reason why no one did anything while that was happening is because... If you were there, when you look at the whole videotape and you look at the raw videotape, it was a non-incident incident. You know, I was saying, like, where are these motherfuckers' parents? But, but, but where's the chaperones? Where's the teachers? Where's the teacher's assistants to say, you know what, guys? Dumb fucks. 
Asshole kids, you're not wearing a Make America Great hat down here. We're not down here to pick political sides. You're down here to learn. We're down here to tour this, to tour that. We're not down here to to make statements. Those hats are statements and nothing good comes from it. And as infuriating as that first video looked, you know, you got people now threatening these kids' lives, whether they're fucking dumb, racist assholes or not. You got people threatening the, 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 the parents' lives. And, and, and at the end of the day, it ain't that serious. Because when you look at the full video, I have to say, it's just not as upsetting. It's not as infuriating. It's not as offensive. It's not as offensive as it appears when the first part of the video was released, which looked like the kid was in the elderly dude's face, and it pissed me off. Um, so I, I don't fucking know. I, I think this is going to turn... This, this situation, it's just a... Because of the Charlottesville and all the other fucked up things that have happened with these Make America Greats and the fucking Mike Pence and fucking suck off Sarah Sanders and all this and Trump and all this shit, the relentlessness of it. We, me, we're quick to fucking to get hype. We're quick to get hype. And I, and I got uh, hyper than I would have had I'd seen the whole video because I've been like, this ain't nothing. To be honest, I would have said this ain't nothing. These kids are fucking dumbasses. Why the fuck are they down there rocking those fucking hats? Why do they care? Why does a 15-year-old care about making America great or Obama or any of this stuff? You're 15. Go play some video games and jerk off into a tissue, you little shit stain you. Leslie Jones, who I got to say, uh, I'm sure she's cool in real life, uh, but... You, you you need to hold your fucking head, Leslie Jones. Um, they're making another remake of the original Ghostbusters, you know, the Bill Murray one, um, and the Dan Aykroyd one, and the Ivan Reitman one. And last year they released uh, a, a new version of the Ghostbusters, and it was all females. And it was a piece of shit. I watched it. It was trash. It, 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 it wasn't funny. It was corny as fuck. Um, and, and it was a, it wasn't a, a, a box office success. So now they're doing another version of it and it's going to be, um, more reminiscent of the original. Although, you know, the original was sort of primitive when it looks at CGI and all that stuff you could do now. Leslie Jones, um, was on Twitter talking out of the fucking side of her fucking neck saying about the, 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 the new Ghostbusters, which is with, uh, uh, all male stars, she said, and I'm fact checking. So insulting, like fuck us. We didn't count. It's like something Trump would do. Gonna redo Ghostbusters. Better with men will be huge. These women ain't Ghostbusters. Uh, so annoying. Such a dick move. And then she says, I don't give a fuck. I'm saying something. Leslie Jones, the movie you were in was trash. Your your version, the all female version of Ghostbusters, was was shit. I saw it. The shit was, was the shit was whack. This is show business. This ain't business show. You catching feelings because they're they're not including you and the women from the reboot, the all female reboot. Your movie was whack. We can't sell another version of your film. Like hold your fucking head. The version of Ghostbusters you was in was straight trash. It was doo doo. Okay. This this whole like oh it's feminist means it's great, oh it's LGBTQ that means it's great. Nah, it doesn't mean that. It just means that it's feminist. It just means that it's female. It just means that it's LGBTQ. Doesn't mean it's necessarily good. Doesn't mean it's better. Kamala Harris is running for president. I don't know if there's ever been a black woman running for president. Sounds good. She's not beating Dick Stain. Are people going to vote for her just because she's a woman? Uh, they didn't vote for Hillary just because she's a woman. So all this like tricks, smokes, mirrors, and all that fly shit, you better come with the motherfucking noise because Dick Stain, if he's around in 2020, he's bringing the noise. He's bringing the noise, the shit talking, he's bringing all of it. So Kamala Harris, you better be ready to fucking rumble 15 fucking rounds into the deep, 
deep waters with Dick Stain Donald Trump because he 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 showed everybody he's about it, about it. Finally, Carmelo Anthony, uh, I thought he was already, I didn't know, I thought he was like a free agent who had been dropped. Somehow, in some way, he was traded to the Chicago Bulls and will probably get dropped by then, making him an unrestricted free agent, yada, yada, yada. Um, what a way to go out. What a way to end your fucking career, Carmelo Anthony. Let's not forget that he started the season with the Houston Rockets and then was released by the Houston Rockets. They said, we're better off. Yo, Carmelo Anthony has to be a fucked up teammate for the Houston Rockets to release his ass. And they released his ass. Carmelo Anthony has spent the first half of this season chilling, not playing basketball, injury-free. He ain't coming to the Lakers. They got enough fucking problems. They got their asses kicked last night by the Golden State Warriors. At one point during the game, Klay Thompson had 10 for 10 three-pointers. That could happen to anybody versus the Golden State Warriors, but the Lakers are not bringing in Melo. If he didn't, if it didn't work with one of his best friends, Chris Paul in Houston, LeBron is not going on the car Melo Anthony ship. It ain't happening. Listen, I could go on and on. I, 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 I could go on and on. I mean, a fucking yesterday was, was Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday. Sarah Sanders went on Twitter and said, today we honor a great American who gave his life to right the wrong of racial equality. Uh, dumb fuck. Pig face Sarah. Suck it all, Sarah. He didn't give his life. He was murdered. You dumb fucking animal. He gave his life to right the wrong of racial equality. You stupid animal, you. Mike Pence, he compared Donald Trump to Martin Luther King. He said, now is the time to make real promises of democracy. You think of how he changed America. He inspired us to change through legislative process to become a more perfect human union. That's exactly what Donald Trump is calling on Congress to do today. You compared Dick Stain, Donald Trump to Martin Luther King Jr. How fucking out of touch are these people? Like how, how out of touch? Like why would you say some shit like that? When you, number one, you know it's not true. And number two, like, do you not know how people feel about Dick Stain, Donald Trump? Mike Pence, the guy who needs a chaperone to be around other women, you scumbag, you can't be around other women in a business or a professional setting alone without a chaperone. You should bring a chaperone when you're around other men because I truly believe Mike Pence takes it up the balloon knot. I think he takes it in the shitter, in the dumper. That's just my gut instinct. And and no disrespect. That's what you want to do. Do you. But come clean. To quote the great J. Rue the Damager. And that being said, I'm out. Uh, Miles Jordan, please give me something real nice. Something real proper. Take me out of here with something real funky. I'm done.